I think that kind of perseverance is what even creative people go through. It's about showing up to work, using the creative instinct and your creator abilities, learning from what you've done in the past to get better, honing your own creative abilities. It's a lot of work. People don't appreciate it because there's such a small percentage of people who've kind of taken that step to become creators. The rest remain critics. The kind of work it takes to sort of satisfy your own creative urges. Most people won't understand it because they haven't done that. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Subodh Shankar is the co-founder of Atagalata, which is a one-of-a-kind Indian language bookstore based out of Bangalore. Just like me, he decided to quit his regular corporate job a while ago and dove headfirst into the startup world before founding this beautiful bookstore with his wife. In this episode, we talk about the importance of physical books in the digital age, the impact that the creator economy has had, and how it's so important but also difficult for people to put themselves out there. It's a super fun one. You're going to get oodles of value from it. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Well, if you're the long-term show lover, then you would have realized that if you're watching this, then you would have realized that our YouTube channel looks a little different. And that's because we have rebranded the channel to only feature podcasts going forward. Earlier, we had a couple of YouTube videos in the self-help space. But what I've decided is to take those videos and actually create a separate channel itself for that. So yeah, if you're into productivity, if you're into self-help, if you're into building good habits, then subscribe to my new channel where I will be featuring only short form YouTube videos. Link is in the description below. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to be featured on the show, then we can make that happen as well. Stay tuned to find out how. I guess that's it. This is my conversation with Subodh Shankar. Enjoy the show. This is Against the Odds and I'm your host Akash Damodari. This show is all about inspiring people to take the unconventional path and lead a life that is truly fulfilling and rewarding. Watch and listen as talented individuals take us through their learnings, the challenges they face and how they continuously adapt to overcome them. just needed to get you back here to you know talk about a whole bunch of things because i think i personally resonated with the fact that you quit your tech job to then pursue something that was completely not in the tech space oh yeah right that's one thing because i it's did probably the best decision i've made in my life really huh? absolutely yeah absolutely oh my god absolutely i think i think uh, you know not just a tech job right but when you're in a in a quote unquote job job yeah, yeah. Uh, in whether it's in tech or any other sort of a corporate career uh, you essentially have blinders on right you're yeah. very focused on you're very focused on what's ahead you're focused on numbers numbers targets goals next steps yeah and uh, i mean the kind of business we decided to get into, which is to sell books and sort of be involved in the world of literature. Yeah, I think you should actually, is, for the for audience, just let people know what Artagalada is in the shortest. In the shortest possible, possible way? way. Okay, yeah. so yeah. yeah. So my wife and I run uh, this place called Artagalata, 
which is uh, in a sense an Indian language bookstore and a venue for artistic and literary interactions. So uh, yeah, so we're a we're a bookstore that sells Indian writing in English uh, in a bunch of regional languages. But more than that, we're a place where people with a sort of an artistic and literary bent of mind come and hang out. Uh, sometimes just sort of hang out in the true sense of the word, just meaninglessly just sit there and do whatever they're doing, okay. surrounded by books and people of their ilk. And uh, we also encourage people to have these interactions and, you know, through events. Uh, so we have basically artists and audiences that come and sort of discover and meet each other. Mm. So, yeah. And mm. the, the whole idea is to keep it informal, uh, sort of non-curated. Uh, and, and by virtue of doing what we do, I really don't have to wear blinkers. I really don't have to worry about, you know, goals and targets and... Uh, so it's, it's it's really been a lot of experiences, right? Right. Uh, we've met tons of interesting people. Uh, we've we've had, you know, we've been part of conversations with really really interesting people, and you know, and and and. I think that's been the most sort of exciting and fulfilling thing about what we do. It's been a little more than 10 years. It's actually going to be exactly 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you actually want to move into something like this? I mean, so actually, let's go back to what you were saying a while ago, which is the pressures and the kind of, you know, the baggage that comes with, you know, just leading a desk job or mm -hmm. a corporate job, right? Mm -hmm. That has its own, you know, Let's, let's yeah, it has its, its own in. advantages and yeah. disadvantages, whatever, yeah. right? But I think you probably, having been in that field for so long, realized it more than other people do. And a lot of people don't even realize it their entire lives, right? Because they think that is the norm, well, right? Well, I, 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 I think you're being very kind when you say that. I think a lot of people, I think most people know it, mm. right? Because it's, it's, it's very obvious and in your face. You know, it's very exciting when you first get a job, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, right now in my household, it's going. Like my, my daughter, like I was telling you, my daughter basically uh, finished her BA. Mm. And she finished her four-year course in three years, right? Wow. Just because she's a geek. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to take her a year off before I go for my master's. So I was well, like, okay, fantastic. Well worth it. Yeah, yeah, well worth it. Yeah. And I was like, so, so she took a couple of months off and she's yeah. like... Uh, so what do you want to do? So she did a BA in English. And I was like, okay, fine. You want to do your master's? What do you want to do your master's in? And uh, I was like, I want to study law. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, it goes well with my skills of research and writing and analysis. And I was like, fantastic. And then she comes and says, I'm going to, I've applied for an internship <laughs> as a lawyer. And currently she's going through that phase. She's actually doing an internship. Nice. And she's currently going through that phase. She's like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. You know, you know, bring on my, the job. My boss is going to give me some tasks today. And, you know, I have all of this work. And uh, I was like, you know what? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And it's always exciting in the beginning, right? Because you feel like, you know, your skills and what you've studied and what you've learned in your life so far are being put to like optimal use. And it's only the beginning, right? Yeah. 
because yeah. she's she's in like level 53 in her company wow yeah right? can, yeah so in that pyramid there yeah, are 52 yeah, yeah. more steps to climb right <laughs> and very quickly you're like in step 52 and 51 and 50 and it gets narrower and narrower and then the pressure start you know building yeah. in yeah. and i think most people know that yeah uh i guess people like we were fortunate right people like me were fortunate in the sense that you know i happened to be in a startup and that startup had a liquid event and we were able to get some cash out of it and this was not I, your own startup it was my own oh, startup oh this is your own startup okay yeah, okay it was my own startup as part of the founding team so okay. you know we, we did all of that how long did you run that for i ran that for about 6 years wow and this and prior to that you weren't even in the tech space prior to that no this was my second startup prior to that we had a first startup i mean okay. I've done a bunch of startups. We talk about that, right? And as a Bangalorean would have. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so, and 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 at some point in time, I guess you know, I realized that you know what, money is not my biggest motivator. And for those, there are people for whom money and success is a motivator, and these are the people that are essentially sort of now what you'd call the uber rich, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't for a minute sort of judge them or grudge them for what they've achieved because it takes a special kind of human to be driven by that correct and to go after there that. is vigor there right there not is not just vigor man great. there's just great vigor sort of you know you have to learn to do that yeah it takes a special Beyond kind of a it. skill right i mean it's the same thing as I guess a professional sports person wanting to be the best at what they do and reaching there you know it takes takes sacrifice on a daily basis to get to all of that right and if that is your motivation then fantastic then these pressures are the exact kind of food you need to sort of <laughs> drive your motivation right but that's really the top 0.1% of the people in this sort of corporate life correct uh the others aren't really in my opinion motivated to that extent by success hmm. uh, uh they're there because you know that's what they do and that's what they need to do and that's what essentially is sort of feeding their uh lives hmm. uh, i don't think they're particularly motivated by money it's not just you know it's like hey i'm going to get my paycheck you know yeah. it's it's not that it could initially be that it right? would initially yeah. in level 53 it is <laughs> i assure you it does in yeah. level 53 of whatever yeah. you're doing right yeah uh, certainly not in level <laughs> you know two. level 2 or even level 30, <laughs> 30 for that matter yeah yeah why up there yeah, yeah. why up there yeah. level 53 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. my 20000 rupee paycheck is yeah, yeah it's my know, money it's my money right yeah, yeah. and uh, but uh, but then you know i mean i think we realized i realized that uh you know money wasn't the motivation uh it's not like you know i was like a major high achiever and things like that so you know it wasn't that that was the motivation uh like everybody else you know you long for security you long to make sure that you know your your family is taken care of and and then you realize you know it doesn't take much to sort of have that quote unquote security you don't have your all your loans are paid off in a city like bangalore you know even a privileged life like what we live doesn't really require much right 
and you're like you know what i think now it's time to sort of jump in and do something that sort of truly makes you happy mm-hmm. without these pressures and i think we were fortunate so honestly i think just like how uber success comes or anything like that even for something like what we do i think there's a sort of a a juxtaposition of multiple things that need to come together correct. right correct has to be in the, you have to be in the right place at the right time correct and i guess we were lucky enough to be there right and uh, was there like a, a turning point something that really kind of tipped you off this and decided to you know really dive deep you know what i don't think there was like a tipping point per se it's more like a slow sort of a Correct. thing it's all on simmer it's gradually it's all on simmer gradually build up and you're like what you know what i think at this point i'm going to do it right so uh what had happened was i think in 2011 it was 2011 i uh you know the last startup that i worked for we basically had a exit from that yeah. we uh closed the companies the company was no longer around so it's not like i had continuing responsibilities or anything right it just got bought over and yeah. my responsibilities were over and uh, i was thinking about what to do next uh and my wife uh has always dreamt of owning a bookstore i mean we both read but i think she reads in a sort of a different level she's 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 actually a very deep reader mm-hmm. i read for entertainment i read because it gives me something you know to uh be entertained by correct but she's actually a very very deep reader right. uh and and she's always been like that and uh, uh so she's always been very very passionate about books and and she's always you know i mean by then we'd been married for what 14 years mm-hmm. and 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 she'd been say, she's said that multiple times she's like you know what at some point in time i want to own a bookstore i want to start a bookstore i want to own a bookstore and uh so i wasn't doing anything because you know i'd gotten out of this thing and she's like you know what come let's open the bookstore i think it's the you know don't don't go and do something else don't yeah. go and do something else i think let's open a bookstore uh it's a good place we could grow old together right we could grow old together in a bookstore mm it'd be nice surrounded by books and uh so that was the if you will that was the tipping point of the conversation yeah. if you will it was yeah. that conversation but then you don't just go about and go and open a bookstore right <laughs> yeah it was that easy it was that easy right <laughs> and your mind's a monkey anyways right so we then spent close to 6 7 months trying to think of what kind of a bookstore it would be mm. it right what yeah. kind of a bookstore it would be and and that was a time when uh, a lot of bookstores were shutting down even yeah. bangalore you know mg road ganga mg road is going through its uh, the metro work and uh, yeah right? the transition they're like gangarams is closing down yeah. and you know bookstores are closing down all over the country and you'd be stupid to open a bookstore and so we took 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 took, took our time uh, we've always you know read we've always read indian rit- literature right uh, in your own mother tongue whether mm. it's in tamil or whatever and uh, i've always read indian writing and uh, we said you know what if you really look at it the indian writing market is tremendously underserved mm. right uh, indian writing in english yeah you can get the popular ones you can get the best sellers correct you know they come and go in your bookstore uh but uh, 
if you want to buy regional language writing, typically you need to go back to your hometown, right? Mm. If you want to buy Tamil, you go to Tamil Nadu. Mm. Of course, Kannada, you just go to you know, go to town and you can go to yeah. Ankita or something and buy the best Kannada Correct. everything there. But if you want to buy Hindi, there just aren't enough Hindi books sold in Bangalore. Bangalore. There are not just enough Hindi books displayed on shelves in Bangalore. You want to read Telugu or you want to read Bangla? There's just not enough, right? But Bangalore's have—we've got such a large population of each one of these sort of communities, and uh, so we have friends whom we spoke to, and they were all like, "Yeah, I mean, really? I mean, if I have to buy Tamil books, I have to go to Chennai, or I have to go, you know, to buy Malayalam books, I have to go to my hometown in Cochin, or you know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Calcutta every year when I go to Calcutta I'll for puja, <laughs> I come back with a carton of books, right?" <laughs> So we're like, I think Bangalore as a market has a lot of people from these different parts of the country. So let why not why not create a bookstore that sort of brings back that sense of nostalgia, right? Right by giving you an opportunity to come and browse books in your mother tongue, mm. and uh, so that's so it took us a while to kind of create that concept, and uh, yeah, about six seven months after we decided we'll open the bookstore, we kind of get Ata Galata started. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, so it's good fun. Yeah, I, and I it's can been great fun. No, even when you, I'm, I'm sure when you got started, right, the the entire market and just the environment itself so different from what you know what that kind of transition we are going through today. Because right now, post the pandemic, everything is remote, everything is virtual, right? Back then itself, we were slowly transitioning, surely, but not as much as oh, no, right no, now, right? Not at all. So, so tell me this: how is how is things change from what it was then to now and also what i really want to talk about is in a in a world where everything's becoming virtual and you know going remote what does it take to run a business like this okay i think what's changed is like you like you sort of accurately summarized in your question right i think the a rate at which we are going remote and the rate at which we are increasingly turning digital has gone up mm. We were always, and in a city like Bangalore, you know, Correct. we were always sort of leading the way, Inevitable. leading the way. You know, yeah. you know, we were leading the way in terms of going digital, uh, in terms of doing things remotely. And, uh, you know, people have always said, you know what, why books? Why, why would people still buy physical books, mm. right? Uh, why can't they just download it on their Kindle? But Kindle hasn't worked in India. Kindle's mm. actually been a resounding failure in India. I think what people are increasingly turning to is YouTube. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because if you think of a book, if you think of any literature, uh, it's essentially a story that's being said. Correct. Right? And I think the audio visual combination of something like what you do on YouTube is what people are increasingly subscribing to. I'd much rather listen to the story audiovisually. But I don't believe it's a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. It's not like the net losses in reading physical books are equal to the next net gains in terms of people consuming content. content you yeah. know, otherwise, it's never a zero-sum game. I think, uh, I think it sort of is a fallacy that it's a zero-sum game. Correct. Right? Uh, I think every new form of 
consuming content only increases the size of the pie. Yeah, that's. I think I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer in that, uh, and and I think you have to realize that, right? Uh, you have to realize that. You know, people always go back and say, "Oh, when we were children, you know, we only read books because that was the only thing you could do." <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you were a child and you had five things to do, you would have done all five. That is the nature of childhood. <laughs> the nature of childhood is you basically are exploring. every vista every horizon that you can find as you should otherwise you are not going to develop you're going to you you're going to stay basically a, a underdeveloped personality right Correct. so as children what did we explore we explored okay i'll run i'll run, i'll ride my bicycle and like i said you know i'm probably a little older than you are so you know we rode bicycles we basically ran around on the streets uh we played uh, cricket and football wherever Lagori. we could lagori <laughs> flew kites and you know played with those tops and whatever right right and we read books correct then it was too hot to go out you stayed inside the house it's not like you had television <laughs> right and it's not like you had television i didn't even have television forget having television with one channel i grew up in a town called coimbatore <laughs> I was 13 by the time television even came to the city. city. Right. Right. So at 6 and 7 I didn't even have the option of watching Doordarshan. <laughs> right. So when it was too hot you stayed inside the house. You stay inside the house you're a kid you can't stay quiet. So you read or you draw whatever right? And yeah. so you explored every and, and and by virtue of that I guess kids of our generation read in a greater percentage of our time mm. right kids today have 18 20 more things to do and they do those 20 things they also read mm. i mean people who read still read kids that read still read and even when we were growing up there were kids that didn't read yeah for sure there were kids that didn't read that kids there were kids who never read yeah and i think it's uh, also fashionable in uh, literary circles to say you know kids read less today because of this and that and <laughs> i think it's it's all it's all a way of sort of bemoaning uh you know past times and sort of dwelling in nostalgia right right i tend to be unemotion- unemotional about those things right so in 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 a uh, age where we are increasingly growing digital increasingly going remote uh i think it does not mean that we're going to lead our lives in splendid isolation mm. right it's just that we're going to choose when and where we're going to go out and whom we're going to meet and where we're going to meet them and still going to be part of our lives uh i think we're still going to want to interact socially i think we're still going to want the warmth of human conversations in the physical realm correct and uh i mean back then bangalore had a small population who are all going out now we have a, a large population of a smaller percentage of whom are going out it's still a lot of people that want to go out correct there's right. still a lot of people that want to meet correct and uh, i think if we can create a, a a space where it resonates with that mood that they're in we're still going to have customers we're still going to have people coming to the store yeah. you have to be very realistic about it correct right and I if you look we, at what the, what happened in the pandemic We look at the bookstores. I mean, we're on Church Street, and we have two of the finest bookstores in the country, like a stone's throw away. Yeah, they're doing really well. They're still selling tons of books. 
because they've essentially sort of curated what they offer to the current tastes of of readers and blossom and bookworm are doing really well yeah i i i think like you said right there's always been a certain population that's been drawn to reading and that's never changed it's right changed. and and even now it's just that there are so many other avenues of facets of exploring correct you know yourself when you're younger correct. so obviously that you're bound to you know not have that many people read as as they did before absolutely. so there's still readers absolutely yeah. i mean i mean i run a bookstore yeah. i read i read physical books i have a kindle i don't read as much on the kindle i don't enjoy that experience so much i love consuming content on youtube, YouTube and i love consuming content on the sort of uh audio space i'd say audio visual space i'm okay. a, i'm a huge listener of podcasts i like right. consuming content sort of audio content yeah i'm not a big fan of television ott content somehow okay. somehow i've not sort of got into that yet okay uh but uh you know i'm still consuming so much content correct at the end of the day it's all content right absolutely so see this one thing that's common to all of this and that's the whole the creative aspect of things right True. the the and i think people like us have come from the analytical or the process centric or the the technical aspect of things and then when you dive into the creative field is when you realize where was this all arise like oh yeah like it's a different ball game altogether the i think the way creators think is from a different part of the brain it's it's approached differently and i think some people find it to be a big big boon some people have it to be a double edged sword where they don't have enough of those analytical skills to complement the creative element you know that they bring to the table so sometimes they don't end up you know scaling or they don't end up becoming a big creator as such but i think there's definitely a balance that you need to strike right yeah and in this in this creative field you tell me like what have you seen after you jumped into this because i remember you talking about just how creators think right it's a very different wavelength altogether correct tell me more about that what well i think this is one of the things that has sort of truly amazed me over the last 10 years right uh and I, it's it's really the way in which creators think and i think this is true for all fields right i mean if you look at it and you go to the tech field I think 15 years after the iPhone was introduced we're still amazed that it took a Steve Jobs to imagine a device like the iPhone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean the man was a creator. Correct. He chose to sort of explore his creativity in the field of technology. And you know, I mean, you look at Bangalore, I mean, we're a tech city. Uh we have hundreds of thousands of people who work in tech and i think it'll resonate with every single one of them that you know they might not have the creativity to dream up something like the iphone correct right absolutely right and that's the sort of the tech analogy to this hmm right that's the tech analogy to this uh and there are millions of such examples right there are millions of such examples you know whether it's in the world of literature whether it's in the world of film whether it's in the world of art whether it's in the world of music i mean when you you know there are hundreds and thousands of people who know how to play the guitar but 
how many of them are able to break into a riff like yeah. Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? That's creativity. Right. And 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 uh, and I think sometimes you don't take the time to sort of think about this and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which goes back to you know having the time to perform under pressure and having the time to do other things. <laughs> other but things. when you yeah when you when you sort of sit down and say introspect, okay, introspect or or you're given the opportunity to just spend time with so many creators. I mean, I'm amazed that you I could not do what you do. Really? Absolutely not. I might be I might be good at answering questions, but it takes a special kind of skills. to ask those questions right correct and 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 you in a sense are a creator who is maybe not creating content by yourself but you're certainly creating content by bringing out sort of words and conversations with people from every different field correct right and and it takes a special kind of skill to do that I couldn't do what you do. I I couldn't create content the way you do. <laughs> and 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 that makes, you know, you a fascinating sort of a person for me to think about. Right. And it's amazing, right? So stringing words together. I mean, how do you string words together to create that imagery that so affects people as a writer or, you know, when a filmmaker creates this shot and you're like Wow. I mean, I was you know watching some old uh, Devanand song on YouTube the other day, right? And there is the shot where Devanand is sitting on a balcony like that and Vaidya Rahman is walking below. I don't even remember the song, right? And then the camera pans up and he might be in an old palace or something and there's this mirror on top. And then the rest of the shot is them showing Vahida Rahman walking by the reflection the, in the mirror right? right and then the words in the song and this shot are so perfectly in sync with each other and you're like you know it takes a special cinematographer and a director to think of that correct how many people would have thought of that as the sort of the creative expression of that song right correct so creativity comes in so many fields and it's really the very 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 special people who are able to produce such sort of ephemeral creations that stay with us mm-hmm. whether it's an iphone which all of us use or this you know beautiful shot in a movie that just stays in your head or these beautiful words that you've read in a book or you know what you can cre- create on a youtube video or on a netflix show or whatever right and what i've been most fortunate with is that that is whom i'm spending most of my days with right in the company of right, right. that's the difference correct uh when you were working in a tech job you spent most of your day with you know the worker ants correct right now you're only surrounded by those really creative minds right and 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 to me personally that's really exciting because every time i see someone creative and i see their work and get to talk to them and understand how they do it it gives me so much food for thought right yeah. i now go back and i was like wow oh yeah. wow that's how his brain worked 
that's that's how they were thinking about things that's how they constructed this whole thing and you're like man i'd never be able to do that right <laughs> yeah. i'd never be able to do that correct but then you develop this deep sense of appreciation for each thing they do and if that's what you see day in and day out over the last 10 years you can imagine how happy my life is <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah i mean that's a good way to put it oh man and and i would even go to the extent of saying that if you need to really transcend and you know make a mark right you need to definitely have some element of creativity right because otherwise you're doing like you said the worker ant you know mentality and you're doing what everyone else is doing correct and i was i was actually having a conversation with our common friend saujanya itself where i was telling her see you can be an executive in a big conglomerate right but how 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 can you explain to someone the kind of impact you've had even if you've worked there for 20 years it could be a product let's say so i think she worked on printers so right. selling her so you worked on printer but where does it say that it's you know this is the kind of effort you have put in because there's no real mark that you have brought and it's at the end of the day under the microsoft flag Correct. right or in this case which of hp flag or whatever right but when you're a creator there's the there's an inherent i think one appreciation and two credit also that goes to creating something like this because i think it comes from a very different place absolutely right absolutely yeah. absolutely right and i think that's what you know i mean it's laughable right when you see people who sit there and you know you're like oh this is a bad book <laughs> or this is a bad movie movie yeah. or this is a terrible piece of music like what most people that are making those comments couldn't have imagined or created that terrible piece of music themselves correct right right, right. Uh, i think it's just that we're so spoiled for choice right no no and yeah. i think it's our right as well right what you're essentially saying is okay you know what i don't like it correct and that's fine yeah that's your opinion that's, that's your fine. opinion yeah. that's an opinion yeah but you know sometimes i just sit back and think it's like you know what you're like this person is panning this movie and saying it's a terrible movie You think this person could have actually done something better? Probably couldn't have, right? And I'm sure you hear it, right? You're a you're a content creator. People come say, "Hey man, what is this you're doing, man? I don't I, I don't like it." <laughs> you're probably like <laughs> humble enough not to tell them, "Why don't you create something better?" <laughs> But yeah, you're so right because as a creator everything you do is out there, right? And it takes a special kind of person to put themselves out there. Correct. You're in a in sense whatever of, form. In whatever form, right? You've done it. You've put it out there. You've left yourself open now, because creativity takes a lot out of you in terms of oh, your emotional and your sort of mental prowess. And after you put yourself out there, you now need the sort of strength to take the people who uh, couldn't have done what you have done. Correct. Telling you it's uh, terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's it's true it's I mean the process of creating is a process that requires I think not just those special skills but also a great deal of sort of bravery and the ability to sort of put yourself out there so personal I think that's why creative people are some very very small percentage of the population and and again those are the people I feel who are remembered absolutely because they put themselves out there right Correct. when you're in a corporate and you know you've worked on a printer you've been put yourself out there right <laughs> you've you've been part of the workers the 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 worker ants and you've done everything out there 
correct but you, you didn't you didn't put yourself out there nobody's going to call you know a member of the team at hp and tell them what a terrible printer you've made <laughs> right <laughs> they're not yeah, yeah. And, and and there's probably more people that use a printer than probably listen to your podcast but they will come and tell you oh man this is terrible <laughs> what what are, you, what are you doing because you've correct. put yourself out there correct correct and i think there are a lot of these unsaid i think um, areas or traits that we don't necessarily give enough credit for as well so for instance like you just said right honing a conversation is not an easy thing at all by right? no means yeah but a lot of people take it for granted right because you, you can talk who who can't talk exactly just sit and just try have a having, chat try no. having a coherent conversation <laughs> for 2 hours with different people every few days you'll know correct yeah try it try completing three sentences yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and hold that conversation right for 2 yeah. hours correct i like to take this opportunity to talk about our partners our audio partners senizer so they supported us for any and every audio needs from the kind of microphones we use to the mixing and the monitoring equipment for anyone who's listening i'm basically holding up a pair of headphones and uh, yeah even when we had to make this transition from our old studio to the new one the transition the physical transition really wasn't that easy but in terms of equipment it was a piece of cake because of the kind of support that senizer provided us with easily one of the best brands we worked with till date and if you are a content creator or if you are a potential content creator you want to get started in content creation then i would highly recommend some of the equipment that we use here at against the odds i'll leave a link to the microphones the the feedback and mixing equipment down in the description below for you to go check out a huge shout out to piyush and rishikesh from the team to for making this collaboration or partnership happen and um, yeah go check out some of these pieces of equipment and let me know what you think cheers and that's that's the skill i've been see again when uh, when i started with the whole podcasting uh, journey right and i might have said this time and again but the we always approach it from the perspective of something that's flashy or something mm. that we that is very obvious right so for instance what is the most obvious thing when you watch this video or when you're listening to this see the the audio quality or the video quality how are they framed what is the kind of equipment they're using what is the thought process that's gone behind all of this that's great and there's definitely a space and place for that but other stuff which is not to apparent i feel are the or is the backbone rather of this whole thing so for instance you all of this is just storytelling correct it's all just narratives correct right so if you can't really get someone hooked or you can't explain something in the simplest way for someone else to understand then the whole cause is lost it doesn't matter which camera you use which mic you use it doesn't matter at all right <laughs> that's the difference between saying you know i'll bat first because i own the bat <laughs> and going out and batting like virat kohli boss <laughs> i might have the same bat that virat kohli has right correct in your neighborhood in the gully cricket you can say i'll bat first mera bat hai <laughs> oh man that's so true and and that's where when uh, now i have a lot of people reaching out to me uh asking me for help when when it comes to podcasts mm. right so i have a lot of plans in the future where i help out with like courses and few you know these kind of uh, tutorials if you will 
but right now i i if i have the time i i sp- and usually i do i try to make time for creators especially individuals and i say okay tell me what is it that you want to do most people ask the wrong questions because it's always these kind of questions Correct. which mic do i need to use what do i need to get so how do i frame and sit see all of that's great can you sit down and just talk that's the most important it doesn't come naturally to you right and if not even that after you're done will you listen to yourself can you listen to yourself right? correct and not cringe correct and 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 also think even if you cringe can you come back to it again without losing any hope and you know with no despair as such yeah, can you yeah. do that no you're so right you're so right and i don't know you're like one episode 46 right which Something came like, out yeah i yeah. mean yeah <laughs> you're on like episode 46 i am sure episode 46 is so much better than episode 1. Oh my god, dude. It takes like like my god worlds apart. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and 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 I think that part of the creative process is what you're talking about, right? You need to know that episode 1 is something I didn't cringe at at that time. Mm. <laughs> right? But even after episode 46, right? Yeah. You still look back and you're like Ooh, I'm glad I kind of got over that and learned and you know yeah episode 46 is so much better yeah creative process again doesn't happen in a flash correct it is rigor and there's preparation and there's sort of you know yeah. working on it so even creative people go through this process yeah creativity doesn't happen in a flash creativity is not like some lightning stuck you in the middle of the night and tomorrow morning it's the output is there and your creative endeavor has reached its pinnacle yeah yeah it's a process oh, it is much like everything else it's a process right i mean the idea is for every this... every writer i think their first book is going to be the worst book they ever wrote and then they write their second and their third and their fourth and their fifth and in their own inherent creative process maybe the first book was the biggest hit yeah actually it should be in their own eyes right in it their is. own eyes yeah. it might have been their biggest hit and you're like oh he's a one hit wonder <laughs> but the kind of rigor that they would have gone through in their creative process to actually learn from that first book yeah and make that second book better in their own creative process correct maybe it did not resonate with the public yeah right or you know it's like Oh this man one hit wonder his first movie was a hit after that he was a flop correct you know as a creator the man did his process to make sure that he learned from that first uh, movie and make the second movie better it did not resonate with the public it did not become a hit correct but that did not mean that the creative process stopped right correct and it's not like it's an overnight success right because never yeah i i think they this guy i forget the actor's name i think his name is adarsh the person who was in the white tiger the uh, movie uh, right adiga arvind uh, adiga no the the, the actor, actor. Uh. yeah yeah so he uh, got a got the lead role and everyone's like wow this guy came out of nowhere but no this guy's been struggling for the last 10 15 years he's been killing it in the you know in the sh- smaller and yeah. the short films and yeah. like yeah so like for us and again it's for people who i think who are knowledgeable who would kind of know you know what the the uh, journey's been like it's right it's because people take the liberty to express their feelings to creators right <laughs> you don't go to a techie and say boss what java you've written i can write better java 
unfortunately don't do that right yeah, yeah. you don't do you don't go to like a lawyer's firm and say hey what is this man <laughs> i can do a writer let better brief you don't take the liberty with those other yeah. sort of feels but when it comes to a creator you're like man crap movie man i could have done it better <laughs> right what kind of music is this but i think that's stupid, the stupid right yeah, but i think that's the that's the beauty of the creative field right i mean you're creating for the masses or rather it can be consumed by anyone and everyone i think it's because you've put yourself out there correct. simple correct so true simple it's as simple as that hmm. you've put yourself out there you've had the courage and the sort of belief in your own conviction and creativity to put yourself out there hmm. right Yeah, I'm a bathroom singer, so, right? So I'm not putting myself out there, but someone's actually created yeah. this song and they've put themselves out there. I now have the liberty to pan them and tell them what a terrible song <laughs> it is. That's the difference. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 that's the tipping point, if you will. As a creator, if you have put yourself out there. it means you've had the courage and the sort of belief in your own convictions and your creativity to put yourself out there right right otherwise you're the undiscovered talent <laughs> singing in the bathroom yeah, right yeah. <laughs> oh man no because this too right this podcast was pretty much i mean it it's been building up right i mean in terms of when i wanted to get going with the podcast i always knew i wanted to create a podcast but there's never You know, like one moment, like you said, like yeah. I know, I'll just start creating a podcast. Now I know what to do. Let's just get going. And I'm sure when you said, you know, I'm going to start a podcast, and somebody, everybody, and their uncle nowadays is doing a podcast, boss. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 46 episodes later, I mean, you've you've learned, you've grown, your podcast has become better. You as a creator have become, you know, your your skill set has become far more sort of. uh nuanced and sort of you know for sure and that's, and that's the beauty right i like when i was at my tech job the biggest thing that nod at me was i think just the flair for the language mm. right my writing had literally i i love writing right and my writing had would only pertain to emails right which is the exact opposite of the kind of writing i or you want or anyone most people who are in the creative space would want to do right i don't want to start my email with just as discussed or pfa <laughs> instead i wanted to write creatively write and i remember like initially when i got into the corporate job i was a young guy right i uh, just out of college but i knew how to write good mm. emails right mm. i knew etiquette i knew all of these things right so when i wrote some emails just instinctively correct and i've been you're a good writer and correct. yeah i mean i kind of took some um something away from you know formal letter writing from school maybe and few things here and there correct and eventually honed that skill and i realized okay this is how i'm supposed to draft a nice email and i got a lot of compliments for the email but i realized i'm spending so much effort into just writing an email that can be that they'll respond to in literally with like three words or they don't really care about which is just which just goes you know completely ignored and i'm also like this is not the kind of writing i want to do one and two from the language perspective right the kind of conversations i was having is extremely like solo faceted hmm right i'm having the same conversation every day we're talking about the same thing every other day you Correct. know so like we get on to i mean you and that's the thing right you're meeting a lot of people yes 
like-minded from that whole worker ants you know perspective that you said right Correct. so we're all talking about the same thing Correct. and tomorrow there's another issue that pops up but the underlying conversation is the same, same thing. thing and not i'm not able to hone my you know ability to have a conversation about 4 or 5 years and i'm like have i really improved how i can you know hone a conversation or how can i do i have better control over this language and the answer is resounding uh, no right obviously not because Correct. how have i used it but it did help i'm not going to lie like there's definitely all of these things have uh, helped me in the long run for sure but the reason i think and the why it is a simmer process of wanting to eventually quit and do this was you know i think so true right time. so true it's not like one tipping point one day i'm going to ah no yeah, yeah. it's a slow build up you know and 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 as part of that slow build up i think for every creator it's it's probably probably like that i mean i been fortunate enough over the past 10 years to know tons of authors mm. right become really good friends with many of them have had long conversations with you know many more and i think most of them are like that nobody one day said you know what i'm going to start writing no they'd been writing as journalists they'd been writing in corporate communications they've been like ad copywriters mm. and you know you suddenly realize you know what the kind of writing that i want to do is not what i'm doing right now right but i've picked up a bunch of skills mm. right i've you know got all of these experiences i've all of these stories that i've picked up i've all of these experiences that i've sort of uh, uh gotten and I'm going to now make the effort to sort of put it all together in a form that I would love to express myself in. Hmm. And I'm sure, you know, uh if you take filmmakers, you'll probably hear the same story. If you hear musicians, you'll probably hear the same story. Right. Uh it's that slow simmer process that eventually sort of comes to fruition when you <laughs> put yourself out there for the first time. Right, right. And I think putting yourself out there too, right? It's I mean it's difficult for so many reasons. I mean one is that I mean it's again we we can say this right it's just put yourself out there but the, it's again very nuanced right because you're basically bearing yourself. You're also maybe putting yourself um in or jumping into an industry where you have no expertise or no experience in at all. Or maybe the pay is not great which is probably Most the case likely yeah the case. that is the case right actually let's talk about the pay bit so when you moved away from something like this which i'm assuming and and you know with your tech company um, paying dividends what is the transition like to something like this with with the business that you did and there's this whole attitude i mean there's this whole uh, concept of lifestyle creep right where you earn more so you spend more and yeah. then you know that that whole thing kind of catches up and and you know how it is so at the end of the day you're not really saving more but you're just spending more because you're earning more yes. and your lifestyle improves and all of that which is great fine i mean if you want to do that that's that's on you absolutely but uh, tell me this how did you when you decided to finally you and your wife decided to finally move into something like this did you really have to like reel that back in in terms of the kind of life and the lifestyle that you had and second how how can people do that in the long run because if you need to get into something like this it definitely demands like grit and also demands some sacrifices right absolutely and that's where you know i once again sort of reiterate that we were really fortunate mm. right we were really fortunate uh in terms of lifestyle i don't think we've we've really changed our lifestyle much mm-hmm. 
but that's also because I think both Lakshmi and I are not really very what you'd call social people, right? We tend to be sort of introverted, introverted, stay at home, not go out much. So our lifestyle was anyways at that time. Uh, you know, probably it had crept enough and sort of remained stationary <laughs> at that point for a while. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, in terms of, and we were fortunate. I, I was in a place where the uh, tech business that I had started had paid us off, uh, you know, enough that we had no loans uh, other than, you know, your monthly spend on your credit card, which you pay off at the end of the month. We really hadn't, you know, we didn't have loans. Our house was paid for. Daughter was in school and, you know, it was, it was not a very expensive school. It was a, you know, simple school that she went to. And, right. uh so in terms of uh, uh, in terms of lifestyle creep, I think our lifestyle had crept enough, enough, <laughs> and you know we kind of reached that stage where we would. You but know, did you start making a whole lot of money with Atagalata right from the get go? I don't make a single rupee out of Atagalata. Really? No. <laughs> there are months when I have to put money into Atagalata. Correct. So explain to that to me. How? I mean, what what does it? I mean, that's the. That's the creative endeavor, I feel, right? That's also an end, endeavor sense, feat itself. I mean, I mean, I, I feel embarrassed when you call me a creator. I'm not a creator of any sort. But I think I think what we've been is we've been sort of passionate supporters of... Curators. Let's call them Not even that. curators. We've been passionate mm -hmm. supporters of the uh, creative uh, field. Got it. Uh, because I don't curate. No, but you do... Like you said, you decided very intentionally to hone in on... Or rather focus in on regional languages, right? Correct. And I mean, you could have just been another bookstore. Yeah. But the fact that you decided to curate it from that perspective, that, definitely, I think, demands some merit for sure. Fine. I'll accept <laughs> that compliment. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so we've been passionate supporters. And uh, in a way, it's paid us, but not necessarily monetarily, right? Uh, we struggle very hard to kind of break even on a monthly basis. And a lot of months we do. Uh, a lot of months the business pays for itself. The lot uh, there are a lot of months where the business makes you know slightly more money than what it spends. But there are months when it doesn't, and you have to just just underwrite it and write a check. And uh, I think I think that's what I mean. That's what creators do. I mean, if you gave up your job and started doing this podcast, and you were you know you took a pay cut. Uh, in that sense, yeah, I took a pay cut. But because we had this corpus of, you know, comfort behind us, for which I'd always be thankful to my tech job and my tech company and, you know, my luck and, you know, being at the right place at the right time, we were able to do this and we continue to do this. And there are months when we struggle, Lakshmi and I are like, you know what, this month I have to write a check, why? Hey, do something, no, let's do something, let's bring this and do this and do that and, you know, we go through that. Yeah. But uh, that is that is part of the that journey. That is part of the, the journey, journey, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's part of the journey. Yeah. And uh, but otherwise, you know, uh, you struggle. Yeah, this yeah. is Atagalata is not putting bread on my table. So what is? So now I do a couple of other things, right? Because now Atagalata has kind of reached a stage where it's kind of reached a steady stage. Hmm. You know, we run the space. Uh, 
Lakshmi is there full time. I also have a couple of other things that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sell salt. I think talk to Saujanya about that. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so again, this was something that uh, happened a few years, maybe about 15 years back. Uh, my brother-in-law and uh, had uh, started a business and, you know, we had in- invested in it a little bit and uh, that kind of pays for our, you know, it's a salt business. We basically refine and sell salt, table salt, just the regular non-fancy salt. It's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like a cash cow now, pretty much, is it? Yeah. It's, you can't call it a cash cow because you may, <laughs> we make a profit of something like 30 paisa per kilo. <laughs> no, I get that. This is a, this is a, what is a quantity game, It's right? a quantity game, yeah. right? <laughs> we tell a lot, we sell a lot of salt. <laughs> We sell a lot of salt, uh, yeah. and uh, we make twenty to thirty paisa a kilo on 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 the salt. But when you sell a lot of salt, then it's okay. You can take home a nice salary. Right. From right. That. Right. So I do that. Uh, I uh, so that that something like that kind of keeps you going. Uh, but that's the kind of business where your creative side is left completely unsatisfied. <laughs> Correct. I mean, this, this is nothing, right? <laughs> There's no give, nothing. Nothing, yeah. this is nothing. Yeah. Every morning, you, there will be somebody which sends you a WhatsApp saying, sir, today we have bought uh, 400 tons of salt at so, so many so. rupees per kilo. Very good. And at the end of the day, they will send another WhatsApp saying, sir, today we have sell, sold 530 tons of salt. Congratulations, thank you. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh man, never thought I'd have a salt-based conversation on the podcast, but... But there are many such businesses like that. Absolutely. I think it keeps the world going. Absolutely. I mean, uh, There's a space and place for it, right? All of it. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's an essential. Yeah. It's an essential. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's an essential. And we have our own crises. Yeah, yeah. If it rains in the morning, oh then God. we can't buy salt that morning because all the salt is dissolved. Right. Uh, or if it's not sunny enough, or if a truck breaks down, then uh, you can't sell right. enough salt. Yeah. So it has its own, you know, ebbs and flows and nuances and things like that. But nothing in the nothing that involves the creative uh, sort of aspects of uh, your brain. So it's always nice to sort of come home in the evening and uh, get back to Atagalata and have a coffee and meet all the people that hang out there and have conversations and f- go back fully energized. No, but did you, d- was this always the plan when you quit your job? Or rather, when you took up Atagalata, was it to so, also do something like this on the side? No. Or that eventually became a thing? Which one? The you, salt you, business. Salt business anything was, else that you're doing on the periphery? The, so, you know what? I've always been a kind of guy that's trying to do as much with my time as, as possible. Uh, and when you're doing, and which is why I was a startup founder, because as a startup founder, it gives you the opportunity to get involved in so many anything different aspects of the business and yeah. get involved in anything and everything. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, even I, I mean, you know, I'd already invested in the salt business with my brother-in-law and, you know, that was something which was going on. You try to help others. So when I quit and, you know, started Atta Galata, like Atagalata was taking my entire time from morning to evening, right? In fact, one of the things that I've been happy to do is after I quit my sort of formal corporate job and started working with Atagalata, I think I've hardly told people I don't have time for this. 
because now i find i have time for a lot of things right so there are many people that i have tried to sort of advise and help you know with my experiences in tech so when you know young entrepreneurs or whatever come i kind of try and talk to them help them uh pass on any nuggets nug- pass on any experiences right? right right uh i do this you know we also as part of ata galata have sort of grown and we uh part of the team that puts together the bangalore literature festival the bangalore poetry festival so those are sort of events which take up 2 3 months of your time significant amount of your time you have time for everything right because now you're no longer sort of wearing blinders correct and and sort of focused on goals and next steps and revenue and targets and things like that now okay. you have time you have the ability to create time for everything so yeah so i've over the last 10 years done many many different uh uh, uh things with my time and uh and, and that's part of the whole sort of you know discovery process of yourself you know you can try and explore all these different things yeah and, and i think it's about figuring out what those priorities are right because yeah. i can so resonate with what you're saying because the main reason why i wanted to move out of a corporate or a desk job was so that i could have control over my own time exactly that is, that is the biggest you know benefit if i want to take a break on wednesday afternoon and just chill and even chill on a thursday knowing fully well that i'll get back to the grind on friday or that maybe i've doubled down on monday and tuesday to kind of make up for this ground then why why not absolutely right absolutely. i don't need to conform to a five day week uh, and have to work extra hours with maybe no additional pay and you don't know, have no control over your time i mean so i said this in one of the videos uh, youtube videos that we created you might it might seem like you're fully independent and that you have freedom and all of that but if you are working for a con- conglomerate like this you don't have any freedom at all in fact it's in an fact, illusion it's, <laughs> in, in, in fact it's serendipitous that you talked about this because yesterday this friend of mine who's also been an entrepreneur and has been doing his own thing uh hadn't met in a long time so we're like yeah let's let's go and have some lunch mm-hmm. we're, we're on the phone and he was like yeah let's go have some lunch So we went and had a lunch and uh you know uh, we met for lunch yesterday we met at like 1 o'clock and we just Relax. hung out and no we just hung out and we had lunch and we talked to each other we caught up on you know we hadn't met in a in a in a, in a few months we kind of caught up on each other and we were talking about it without any pressure of time till like 4 o'clock so what was yesterday as a wednesday a wednesday afternoon from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock just catching up with a friend uh you know thinking about uh you know always thinking about stuff right so he'd come and say hey what's happening in atagalata i'm like hey what's happening with your business you know he'd tell you something you tell him something you don't feel the pressure you're like you're not like oh my god i had a 3 hour lunch on a on a wednesday <laughs> you know maybe i should have kept it for a saturday or a sunday correct no because maybe on a sunday i don't have time for a free wheeling lunch with a friend but on wednesday i do right it's your time yeah? yeah and yeah that's i think a big big part of you know doing things independently of this whole corporate structure yeah for sure and i mean see that's the thing right I, it's only when you 
figure out what your priorities are and you realize that this is why I want to do this, right? It it really kind of starts fueling, you know, what your entire journey and what you want to do. And then things slowly start building up. But if you don't have clarity on that, it, it's a big, it's a battle every day. Absolutely. You can sit at a corporate desk job and have a battle and say, oh my God, this is not for me. I'm like, look at, look at this. Everyone's doing the same thing. I'm losing my shit. I can't do this anymore. You quit the job and then you're doing something on your own and like, man, I'm sitting here alone trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm my own boss, but there's nothing's working. What's happening? Like, but you're not, you have no clarity on why you're doing this in the first place, right? That is one challenge. But another big reason why people don't even take the plunge is what, what we were talking about a while ago, which is you don't have your regular pay anymore, right? And you don't have your security. You don't have, you have no idea where your next um, you know, paycheck's gonna come from, right? And that's that's literally the creative life. I, I personally think that. Like even with Steve Jobs, there there'll be months and years where he didn't get paid a pike. And then one one fine day, finally it all like you know compounded. And I think people paid and I think people in Bangalore like, understand that a little more than I would say elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a city that's been so sort of fostering for creativity. And I think that's part of the reason we're all fortunate to have been in Bangalore. I think Bangalore as a city has been very fortunate for sort of fostering of uh, of creativity. I mean. Every techie startup founder essentially is doing that, right? They're mm. putting themselves out there and saying, you know what, I have this idea that I'm going to create and build on. And and it's because it's been so fostering of creativity. It's a, it's a reason why we have so many artists based out of Bangalore. Right? Uh, I, think, I think the city and the environment has a lot to do with it as well. Correct. And uh, which is why, you know, I think, I don't know, why is it not happening so much in other cities? In the mm. city, the, the, the environment, you have to you have to be in that fosterings kind of a, a space. Why is New York the biggest space for the uh, world of art? Mm. Yeah. Right? Or why is California still so big in tech? Or why is Los Angeles the best place for movies, movies and music? Right. Yeah. And I think this whole, this, this whole figuring out what your comfort level is with money is one big important thing right because i think you just said so yourself you didn't actually uh, you i mean you were comfortable with the kind of the amount of money you had made there which meant that you had already had your savings you know or a portion of it kept aside knowing fully well that this is what the next maybe couple of years is going to look like right but there's also no denying that we are constantly looking at what could have been if I had stayed back in my job because there are people who, you know, who are still on that same trajectory or path and they're like, man, that person must have gone through three or four promotions. So probably that person's earning so much right now. I know I had decided I'm going to save off X amount and I'm living off of that and I'm slowly but surely building this whole thing and it'll eventually pay me back. But three years I've just spent doing this whole thing while the other person's already like, you know, not one up, two up. or something. Yeah. yeah. Four up to me, right? And that whole thing can gnaw at you really, really hard, right? And then the other side also is you don't even have a regular paycheck coming. So what do you do? So then it's about figuring out how you kind of get enough of, you know, that part satisfied. So then you have enough effort and time into your creative uh, outlet, right? Absolutely, man. I think I think that is part of what makes creators who've decided to step into that field that much more brave, right? Because 
you've also taken this conscious decision that okay i'm not going to go do my job anymore but now what i'll do is you know i'll put myself out there and then also figure out how to use that creative field to maybe you know find these one or two gigs yeah like you were saying you know maybe i will create some way in which i can train other aspiring podcasters correct maybe they pay me a small fee correct and that month is sorted. you know at least partially sorted right yeah. i'll take care of myself you know i'm a writer uh i'm working on my novel but maybe i'll find the time to write a couple of columns for a newspaper right or do a creative writing course where i've not gone back to what i was doing but i found this new found confidence in my own creativity and my ability to become a creator to maybe find ways in which you know i find alternative sources mm. to sustain myself yeah right uh or you take the truly creative ones right you hear about the great starving artists of the past <laughs> who were so committed to their yeah. passion that they literally starved and they starved themselves to penury and death correct that's again even within that you know you have all of these different it, types nuanced. of people right yeah. and you know, it's, the world has so many different types of people it makes every different kind to make this world spin yeah but once you've decided to separate from the world that you used to be part of and say i'm going to now be part of this creator world you've already sort of moved away and become part of this smaller ecosystem and then within that you know there are smaller and smaller ecosystems and you know i guess <laughs> the ones that finally starved to death because they were so committed to their creativity that they could not do anything else are really like the one or two people that are the outliers there as well right correct correct yeah and oh my god this this i think the the biggest reason why people don't have the um the i don't want to say bandwidth but they don't have the um foresight into wanting to take up other gigs or freelance or other things is because of what you said earlier right your blinders are on when you're at a desk job or you're doing the regular conventional path of work so there's no way you're focusing on anything else apart from just this you just don't have the bandwidth to correct. right and 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 you get programmed into thinking that's the correct. only way things work that is correct right and once you get into something like this is when you realize Okay so if I need I I can see that most creators have like like we said like a cash cow mm. or something else that kind of fuels this endeavor a bit it took me some time to realizing that as well where I did exactly what you said which was to kind of have a little bit of savings and I said okay I'm good for the next 2 years and I don't really need too much money coming in and I and I just like you jumped into a non tech fnb space where I was the solo founder I got into that for the year and a half I worked my ass off Ran a restaurant not not restaurant but it was more uh, cat like WeWork was one of my biggest clients okay. so we were catering to um, I'd say yeah big and small companies where we were we were the middlemen or the aggregators from from restaurants and vendors to these companies nice and the idea was to really curate the right options because conventionally you know how caterers are in india it's either you get your regular local caterer 
which it's, is like you they'll get your uh, you know like those uh, steel different steel different boxes yeah or it's that you know they have a buffet system and it's all the same stuff they'll put on piece of paper in front and tell you what it is or you go for the extreme which is to go to a five star hotel hmm. that's it you have a box meals or what not there was never a middle ground i still don't think there is you know there's a lot of space and you know a lot of things that can be done there but the pandemic really you know was a beast of its own it. and and kind of you know took us off track and that's when i decided to kind of enter into the creative uh, aspect of things nice and and this is well once i got into it i didn't plan to make money out of this and even now we have a lot of sponsorship requests we have a lot of partnership i'm looking for partnerships more than the monetary aspect mm. because i think like for instance senizer is sponsoring our show So they are the ones who send the mics, and oh, you know nice. the audio is entirely powered by them, which is a big deal for us, right? Correct. The fact that we we were getting able to get that check mark from a brand like Sennheiser is a big deal for me. True, right? It's As validation a, of the uh, effort that you've. Yeah, I was on a clubhouse conversation, and um, I'd mentioned it somewhere that our show is powered by Sennheiser, and this guy would be in. Um, I think he was at a two hundred. Episode mark or something on those lines. Uh, Ask me how did you how were you able to pull this off? Because I'm from the production space itself. I'm with me within been in media for like ten years. Mm. I wasn't. A, I couldn't think of a way I could pull something like this off. How is it that you're able to pull off? I said I think at the end of the day, I was very clear about the kind of partnerships I wanted, and I was uh, looking at creating something of quality as opposed to just quickly making a buck. or you know something on those lines and that's really paid off right and even now there's no money really coming in from our podcast is like not even in, not even enough to like maybe for one meal let's put it that way right that's what it is the truth right but then i realized as i was creating more and more of this a common friend like a common friend was became one of my clients then i had a lot of other people who reached out to me saying how are you creating this is there a way you can help us out because i see that you maybe have a small team you probably won't charge as much as a production house would and i said i have no idea what and how people charge but let me just this try this is what it. i will do yeah. yeah and then that became like my you know way i was making money and it still is now i have a small business going there and now i can you know now i can come back fresh here and do what i'm doing with my podcast absolutely right i think i think that is uh basically now what you've done is you've created a a, a creative ecosystem mm. correct and and that creative ecosystem has its own ebbs and flows it has its own requirements and and you've in a sense been able to be part of that mm. right and and i think that's what a lot of the lot of artists today do uh, that's what a lot of artists today do i think a lot of artists today just don't say you know what i'm not making any films right now so yeah maybe i will go and do an ad film yeah or <laughs> i will create a a corporate uh, film which will help me sort of sustain financially till my next fully creative project yeah. you know comes to fruition right right i'm a musician right i might do a jingle or an ad or you know play at a gig whatever till my next sort of creative uh project comes to its fruition and i think what you'll have to realize is unless you reach a certain level of acceptance for your creative work you don't get those opportunities absolutely yeah which is also validation of the fact that as a creator 
you've got a certain level of acceptance you've Correct. got a certain level of competence where others recognize your creativity for what it is yeah that you reach it yeah right so which also shows the progress that you've made from episode 1 in your case yeah to oh, where you are right now my and, god and if you saw amazing if, right if you saw episode 1 and 2 i you'd be like what is actually happening is just like so awkward so it is just me introducing myself and the show and man i'm so awkward and even now right i mean talking sitting alone and having a monologue or you know talking head style video talking to the camera is not easy right it's very imagine it's I very difficult my god and back then i was completely new new to this whole thing and i'd already shot like six episodes with some of the guests right and i was like okay now i need to have my intro bit i'll have like one episode introducing myself what the show's about and all of that and i'll talk about what my journey's been like i'm just all over the place oh god but but yeah i'm glad i did it yeah. i'm glad i put it out there absolutely <laughs> man absolutely and uh, and i think that's the part of the creative process that a lot of people don't see or appreciate uh is 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 you know the kind of rigor and effort that goes none of this is a flash of inspiration none of this is lightning striking and <laughs> everything sort of coming overnight. out overnight <laughs> <laughs> oh man and and I, and i remember like uh, i think about 10 episodes in which meant like 10 weeks mm -hmm. uh, in I, we had one episode going out every week we were hitting maybe about i don't know about maybe 500 views or 400 views on an average per video maybe not even that i don't really remember right and we're getting not too many listens right and there were people asking me like why are you doing this like, yeah, like yeah. what is what is the point of this right? and long form conversations you're doing long form conversations Which you're not doing you're not doing insta reels correct and there's production effort that goes into this correct. right because i wanted to set ourselves apart and our show apart from the others so i decided to do video right i could have just done a regular audio show hmm. which meant it would have just been 10% of the work now that i brought video in and i'm trying to build a narrative there's an intro to it as a build up and I, when i talk to my team about it as well there's so many components to this particular you know just coming out of one episode it's a big deal it's like i'm releasing a documentary of sorts every week i can imagine so it is a big big deal right i can right? imagine and and so when i remember that conversation and couple of conversations i had with these guys and i said i think over time it's going to compound and i think that's the beauty of something like youtube and something like being in the content space with the algorithms and what not right it really did compound because things and and the kind of content we're creating i personally think is timeless mm. it can be consumed even 10 years down the line and some most of the traits most of the you know the insights and the values that that we're bringing to the table right now what we're talking about still will hold true right so i still see people going back and watching my shitty episode 2 although you know like well like we i might be shitting on it right now but in, it it's so good so you know i can i I think over time because of the fact that now I have 40 how many ever episodes it's compounded and then now well totally. our listens and totally. views are I so think, the I think that kind of perseverance is what even creative people go through okay. and that's about showing up right it's that's about right. showing up yeah. it's about showing up to work using the creative instinct and your creator abilities learning from what you've done in the past to get better honing your own creative abilities It's a lot of work. It is. It is a lot of work, and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just it's just 
people don't appreciate it because there's such a small percentage of people who've kind of taken that step to become creators the rest remain critics yeah the rest remain critics the vast vast majority of people remain critics i'd say it's not even like 80 20 it's like 99% of people yeah probably that yeah don't take on that step of Putting saying you know in. i will put myself out there i have something creative inside of me and i'm going to become a creator yeah it's that 1% the other 99% will remain critics and then they once you once you once you've crossed over to the other side and the kind of work it takes to sort of satisfy your own creative urges right. leave alone everything else right for you to say god i made this episode 2 and it's better than my episode 1 is that creative urge that that you have and uh, most people won't understand it because yeah. they haven't done that correct oh man that the the only a creator will know the the pressures that build up to hitting that publish button <laughs> and then the kind of you know the uh, high you get after you have published it right Oh man it's 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 something else and I think I think everyone needs to kind of go through that in their own way Absolutely. whatever that is but it's it's I think important to find that but amazing yeah, yeah. yeah it's an amazing feeling yeah perfect so what I think this is great I had a bunch of things I jotted down I want to talk to you about but this was in itself a good I think good segment on just the creator economy and just you know this creators itself and happy to <laughs> happy to have had this conversation with you i thoroughly enjoyed myself this is awesome man thank you so much Thanks. for making this happen and uh, we'll I, i i say this a lot to a lot of my guests that you know we'll have you back here once you hit a milestone but unfortunately i'll be moving out of the country but who knows once i do come back i'll plan to you know have a bunch of the guests that were already on my show back here again So yeah we'll I would uh, I I'd be watching your show and uh uh you know judging you <laughs> <laughs> So now you you're donning that hat the kitty <laughs> Oh man thanks a lot so much this is so awesome much. thank you so Fabulous. much That concludes my conversation with Subodh thank you for watching or listening if you are watching this on YouTube then consider smashing the like button because it really helps the algorithm and it really helps get the word out there it helps get the episodes in front of more people and i'm sure it's going to have an impact and help more people along that process <laughs> if you are listening to this then consider leaving a rating and review on either apple podcast or spotify wherever it is you're listening to this on it takes only 15 seconds but it goes a long long way in terms of discoverability and how more people can find our show yeah earlier in the intro i spoke about how you can be featured on our show So if you have questions for us maybe you you're facing certain challenges in your life and you need our inputs to help you out or maybe you just have some feedback for the show or you'd like to talk about the impact the show has created then consider sending us a short video talking about this and yeah we'll feature you on the show also if you like such conversations i'm sure you'll also like my newsletter where i have these short writes talking about how you can get to overcome fear get to put yourself out there and how you can really time and again show up to tackle the world and lead the kind of life you have in your mind so yeah 
that's the kind of thing that motivates you or if you like it if you like reading content or if you like reading books then i'm sure you like our newsletter too consider subscribing to my newsletter link is in the description below yes that's pretty much it thanks for tuning in and i'll see you on the next one cheerio